Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 6 review episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Some exciting news to start the podcast this week, the 59th Minute has been nominated for Best Fantasy Podcast in the Football Content Awards. Voting opens today, I think it's open for around two weeks, so if you could send a vote my way over the next few days, it would be much appreciated. Thanks to each and every one of you who take the time to listen each week. It's because of you that the podcast is up for this award, so thanks again. Game week six was a swingy game week with scores in many leagues ranging from around 60. I've even seen people top in the 100 club. A special shout out goes to Gianni this week. I think every podcast will be mentioning Gianni's game week. 112 points went from 2.3 million to 180k so it just goes to show you that one good game week is all it takes to shoot up those rankings in today's episode it'll be a quick review of game week six we'll update the watch list highlight a few stats that caught my eye answer listener questions and we'll finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for game week seven there's efl cup games on tuesday and wednesday so keep those in mind if you're thinking about early transfers I've actually seen quite a few people making Sunday night transfers, Chilwell owners and the like, making moves for players like Botman and Trippier due to price changes, so hopefully that doesn't get burned. There won't be a Friday episode this week, as we're heading to Portugal for a week on Friday. I'd be raising a pint of Superbock to Bruno Fernandes in his homeland to thank him for the points in game week 6. I'm not exactly sure when the next episode will be, but I'm hoping to sneak the laptop and microphone into the suitcase so I can get an episode out for game week 8 next week while I'm there. I'll keep you posted about that on Twitter, but once my wife opens the suitcase, sees the microphone, she'll probably throw it into the swimming pool. Quick review of Game Week 6, had two free transfers, ended up doing Chilwell and Jackson out for Trippier and Alvarez, so obviously that went very well with the Trippier transfer in for an 18-pointer. 
18 points versus Chilwell's zero. Jackson got his fifth yellow, got suspended, so glad I don't have that to deal with this week. Alvarez, unfortunate, I think, with the Rodri red card that we only got 56 minutes, but some good underlying numbers and a good long-term pick. 87 points, very good game week, 1.5 million up to 700k. Eight of the 11 delivered points this week. Johnston came in with an eight-pointer in goal. I think that's two clean sheets in the first six game weeks for the Johnston-Turner rotation. Slight temptation to make a goalkeeper transfer this week, which I'll talk about later, but probably just going to stick with those two for the time being. Trippier with 18, Stupidin with six, Gusto red card. It wasn't looking good around that red card because Gusto got the red card around the same time. I think Son got his second goal as a non-Son owner and a Gusto owner. That was a difficult couple of minutes. But then shortly afterwards, Ollie Watkins got his first goal of the season. Three bonus points as well. Captain Hallen for 12. Alvarez blanked. And the midfielders performed well. Saka 13. Madison 9. Bruno 10. And Rashford blank. So Gusto red card. Rashford and Alvarez with the early substitution with the only blank. So overall, I feel like the squad is looking in pretty decent shape for game week seven. In terms of 59th minute shoutouts, I think this might be the second week in a row where there is no new members to the club. So hopefully game week seven will have a few more. Notable mentions for Alvarez and Doku at Manchester City. Again, thank you, Rodri, for that. Forced those two guys off early. Doku only got 51 minutes. He was a good punt for that fixture, especially for wildcarders. Got unlucky. And also at Chelsea, Mudrick just about made it to 60 minutes. He went off then to allow Chilwell to come on for his zero-pointer. And Roerslev at Brentford also just about made it to 60. So keep an eye on those clocks at the weekend. And as always, make sure you tag me in a tweet if you see someone getting the dreaded substitution. A watch list update now ahead of the weekend's action. Players removed, first of all. Colwell is gone from Chelsea. I've recently sold two Chelsea players. I've currently got Gusto. He's probably going to be sold in the near future as well. So not interested in buying a Chelsea defender in the near term. I've also removed Fabian Scher from the watch list. That might sound a bit odd, but I've got Trippier. The next pick I want is Botman. And I don't see myself tripling up on the Newcastle defence. So that's why Fabian Scherer is gone. He's still a fine pick. But I do think Trippier and Botman are better picks. Doku is gone from the watches as well. He was very much there short term for a team leak. And maybe as a punt for game week 6. But don't think I'll be buying him now. Because Jack Grealish is back for competition. I've also removed Callum Wilson. Again, might sound a bit odd. But... Again, I like Newcastle defensively. When it comes to their attackers, they're still sharing game time. So I just prefer strikers to get more minutes than Callum Wilson and Isak. So if they're going to continue to rotate, I don't really have that much interest. And I think the time to get Wilson probably was for that Sheffield United game. And if you did get him, you can certainly count yourself unlucky that Newcastle scored eight goals and he only gets one. I think he might have had three big chances in that game. Wissa is gone from the watches as well. Brentford have... Gone off the boil a little bit in recent weeks. Very good start to the season. I think the Rico Henry injury has not helped them. Hickey's having to play left back, which just, you know, they're not as balanced as they were. Ben Mee's been in and out with injury. Um, and Bumo, you know, I said in last week's episode, Mbumo was the player I feared most going into the weekend. And I kind of avoided that Brentford Everton game Saturday evening because I was just waiting for more Mbumo pain. But thankfully it didn't happen. And I was kind of glad to see him. I think he was playing wing-back at stages during that game. So I think owners will be slightly concerned now. And I'm my interest has cooled on 
Mbumo after the weekend and also Wissa. So Wissa's gone from the watch list. Mbumo stays on the watch list, of course, but Wissa's just not doing enough at the moment. Edward's gone as well. Very good start to the season, but looks like he's picked up an injury. I think it might be a hamstring injury, so he's gone as well. And Awanyi finally didn't get an attack in return for Nottingham Forest. Really good player, been very consistent for quite a while now, but with Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins, I don't really see myself getting a player like Awanyi in the near future. Players added following game week six, Kabore from Luton. Luton have the double game week, as do Burnley. There'll be I think a lot of people probably will end up buying Luton players, maybe Burnley defenders. We always fall into the double game week trap and I'm not gonna rule it out because I've got Gusto suspended. So there is an easy switch from Gusto to Kabore. I've already got Bayer from Burnley who I'm probably gonna play this week because the fixtures are decent. So I could end up with Kabori and Bayer. That is certainly a recipe for disaster. And I think most likely I won't buy Kabori, but the Gusto red card certainly opens the door to that. I've also added Morris, the Luton striker. I think Jackson owners, a lot of them are going to flock to Morris and I don't mind it. Why wouldn't you? Good fixtures, double game week, short-term punt, penalty taker. Bring him in and then jump off him again afterwards. There's questions on Jackson and Morris later, so we'll come back to that. I've also added Anthony Gordon, um, I've said I don't really like Wilson and Isak because of rotation. The reason I've added Gordon to the watch list is because Harvey Barnes went off injured. So I'll be keeping an eye on that injury. And if Barnes was to miss a couple of weeks, then I think Anthony Gordon becomes a very interesting option because they've kind of been sharing game time over the course of the season. Almiron could come back into the picture as well if Harvey Barnes is out. So just to give you an update on what the watch list looks like overall, there's 20 players on it. No goalkeepers as usual. Defenders, I think this is just order of price mainly instead of preference. Ruben Diaz, Mari Cash, Udogi, Botman and Kabori. So five defenders on the radar. Lots of midfielders. Salah, Son, Foden, Sterling, Mbumo, Jared Bowen, Ward Prowse, Diaby, Matoma, Eze, Neto and now Gordon. Up front, not much interest. Morris, Hoyland's and Archer. If I'm looking through that watch list and I'm asked which players are you most likely to buy in the near future, if I look at the defenders, Matty Cash is definitely right up there, as is Botman as a second Newcastle defender. In terms of the midfielders, I still think I'm going to go ahead with the plan of no Salah until wildcard, whenever that is. So Hyungman Son is right at the top of the list, I would say, elsewhere. I still do like Bumo, but not as much as I did this time last week. Bowen and Ward-Prowse are interesting because they've got Sheffield United this week. And we've seen the Sheffield United performance, especially from set pieces at the weekends. Ward-Prowse could be very interesting. There's some interesting underlying numbers to come later on Jared Bowen also. Matoma. Just very, very consistent all season. Diaby's got the fixtures. So there's quite a lot of midfielders there I'm interested in. Eze and Neto, not so much. And probably not Gordon just yet either. And in terms of the forwards, again, I'm probably not going to be making a forward transfer because Watkins has got the monkey off his back. He's got the goal. So hopefully the, the, the floodgates will open now and have a good couple of weeks. And he's, you know, he's only blanked once in the first six, so I don't really see any reason to sell him. He's never going to be my weakest link. You know, Morris, I'm not really interested. I'm not going to sell Watkins to get him. Hoyland, want to see a little bit more from him and more so improved Manchester United performances. And Archer's only there because of team structure.
Moving on to the Scout stat section now. As always, Monday morning, I jump into the Fantasy Football Scout members area and I see what the numbers look like from the weekend. I often have a little look at the season stats every couple of weeks as well. So I'll mention some of those from time to time. Defenders, first of all, from Gimmick 6. No surprise to see Trippier top for defenders for chances created with 5. Andy Robertson at Liverpool also created five chances. Matty Cash shows up in the numbers every week. Three goal attempts at the weekend, two goal attempts in the box. In terms of the season, Trippier is top for defenders for BPS, which contributes towards bonus points. So Trippier's top. And I had a look at the other Newcastle defenders out of interest. I tweeted this this morning. So Trippier's top for BPS among defenders. Botman is ranked sixth. Dan Byrne is 21st and Fabian Scher is 29th. So if you're factoring bonus points into your Newcastle defender decision, it's Trippier, Botman, Byrne and Fabian Scher in that order. In terms of midfielder stats, Saka and Sabosley both created four chances. Sabosley is posting good numbers, but he's not really converting it into FPL points as much as we would like. Three chances created for Madison, Odegaard, Ward Price and Eze. So again, Ward Price pops up in the numbers every week. Anthony Gordon, three big chances created. So they're very healthy. But again, caveat, Sheffield United, 8-0. How much can we read into that? Salah, five goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. Good numbers if you own Salah or if you're thinking about buying him. Bruno Fernandes, four goal attempts, three of them from inside the box. So again, good numbers there. Jared Bowen and Hyungman Son both had three goal attempts in the box. For the season, Jared Bowen is now top among midfielders for non-penalty XG with 2.83. So Bowen's underlying numbers are looking very healthy ahead of a game against Sheffield United. That was a great header he scored against Liverpool at the weekend. Callum Wilson had five goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. And yes, three of them were big chances. So Wilson owners, you probably should have got more from that one. Alvarez only played 56 minutes, but he did manage four goal attempts in that time. So you'd like to think if he played 90 minutes, he's probably getting you know six or seven goal attempts, which is very healthy. And Darwin Nunes, there's a question about him later. Three shots in the box, and all of them were big chances. Before I get stuck into listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get iTest podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Question time now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them across. I've picked out the best ones that will hit all of the main talking points ahead of the next game week. FPL Spoonman asks, are there any decent replacement strikers for Nicholas Jackson that are not called Julian Alvarez? So I presume Spoonman already owns Alvarez here. The other options are, I think Morris is the obvious one this week because it's two fixtures, Everton and Burnley. It's not just two fixtures, it's two decent fixtures. So all you're hoping for is, even if you got a goal and a couple of bonus points in one of the games for Morris, you're probably happy. If you come out of the double game week with 10 points in total, that would be a pretty decent return. You can take those points then and run. If I was on, If I was on Jackson this week and I already had Alvarez... I probably would be taking the double game week punt, but because I've got Watkins and Alvarez, I'm not going to be going there. The Morris transfer 
is attractive to people as well who may have two free transfers or if they're willing to take a minus four and they own Chilwell because that would free up funds for a move from Chilwell to Trippier. Watkins is a good option as well, I think, if you can afford it. One blank, good fixtures. And then the only other option is you might want to get Archer just for team structure and put more money into midfield. But I think if you're considering Archer this week, you may as well just get Morris if cash allows. Question from Paul Goldsmith. If we have Carlton Morris, do we captain him? I was just thinking this morning, if Carlton Morris has a Twitter account, um, I'm sure he's going to be wondering what's going on this week. He's going to be getting a lot of interactions, a lot of mentions. He's going to be thinking, what on earth is going on here? Is I'm sure his engagements will be 200%, 500%, probably higher than they usually are. So interesting to see if he, uh, if he interacts with any of the FPL stuff this week. If you own Carlton Morris, do you captain him? No, I don't think so. I think owning him is enough this week. At the end of the day, it's a Luton striker. You would never captain him in a single game week. So why would you captain him in a double game week? Um, owning him is enough of a differential. I don't think he'll have huge ownership. So if he does well, you're probably going to do well out of it anyway. And you know when you've got players like Erling Haaland, I just don't think you go against it. You captain Haaland. And if you own Morris, you're hoping he does well. And that'll shoot you up the rank. So I wouldn't go as far as captaining him. But owning him, I think, is absolutely fine. Question from Monster Mash. Would you consider Darwin as an end to Liverpool's attack? He seems to be ahead of Gakpo now. Darwin Nunes, there's probably questions about him every week. It's it's always minutes for me. He's not on the watch list. If I look at his minutes for the season, first six game weeks, it's 24, 4, 13, 64, 34, 80. I don't like that sequence of numbers. You know, we've no idea what that next number will be in the sequence. It could be it could be 80 again or it could be it could be 8. We just do not know. He's only 7.4 million, so I can understand again if you still have Jackson, Jackson to Darwin if you've got a a few pennies to spare. If you fancy it, I don't mind that. I don't even mind people going Darwin over Carlton Morris because let's face it, Darwin's a Liverpool striker. And Morris is playing for a pretty poor side. But again, it's not for me. He's not on the watch list. It just comes down to minutes. It feels like if you get Darwin in, and even if he does start in the next game, you're always going to be sweating a wee bit at the weekends. And you're always going to be tempted to sell him, I think, once you have him. So for me, it's a no at the moment. And maybe I'll reassess Darwin when it comes to wildcard time. Question from Chris Griffiths. Trippier or Salah? That's probably the direction... I need to figure out as I plan to as I plan transfers over the next two to three weeks. So Chris is trying to decide Trippier or Salah. And again, this was on my mind last week when I bought Trippier because I left 0.0 in the bank after I bought him. I kind of made my bed and decided Salah won't be coming in soon. And it's probably going to be a wildcard decision to get Salah. And again, this week, again, it's it's dangerous to say after just one game week, you know, very small sample size. But again, it just shows you this week that Salah's not essential. If your other players step up and deliver, you can you can have very good game weeks like I did. So I'm comfortable not owning him. He's very, very consistent. He's a very good pick. If I was on a wild card last week or this week, he would come in. But I think if you don't have him, it's still fine to plow on with a you know a squad that has cash spread around. And we're just relying on, you know, the Sackers, the Madisons, the Watkins. These guys need to deliver consistently. And if they do, then Salah is not a requirement. In terms of Trippier, I just think, you know, off the back of what he just did, he's an obvious pick. He's got the fixtures, so many routes to points, such a good bonus point player. Fixtures for Newcastle, Burnley, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Wolves. 
if you miss the trippier points don't don't be stubborn don't feel like you've missed the party there could be the party could go on for another few weeks so i would go trippier over salah now i say i would go trippier over salah last week if i was wild carding there's a very good chance i would have went salah over trippier because as a lot of wild carders did they didn't go for trippier because it was very hard to go salah and haaland and, and the other guys so you know you're unlucky in ways if you miss the points uh, it was just a strange kind of scenario where players were people were buying trippier and wild carders a lot of wild carders were not buying trippier and i was quite i was quietly confident about that that trippier i was hoping he would smash it and then you know those that didn't have him would suffer again that's me being a cruel fpl manager but we've all got a bit of cruelty inside us let's face it but yeah it's a, it's a tricky decision because budget does certainly come into it. My team value is absolutely terrible this season. It's probably the worst it's ever it's ever been. I, th- I think I had a look last week. My team value was only about one hundred point five, and I think I think Gabriel dropped last night. So I've I'm a proud Gabriel owner who bought him at five million, and he's now four point seven. So let's see how low I can go with that one. Maybe I'll wait until four point five before I sell him. Probably going to play him this week. So. Hopefully that the team value doesn't matter and he gets the points against Bournemouth. But yes, Trippier over Salah on current information for me. If you can make both of them work, obviously that is viable as well. But you'll probably find if you are wildcarding, it is tricky to do so. Next question is from Mark Cram. Is Rashford the son a game week seven transfer or a game week eight transfer? So Mark is quite keen to get Youngman's son, as most people are. He's playing up front, he's scoring goals. The next couple of fixtures for Tottenham are Liverpool, Luton, Fulham. And I would have no concerns about owning Youngman's son against the Liverpool defence at the moment. The next couple of fixtures for Rashford are Crystal Palace home, Brentford home, Sheffield United away. Now, I watched the Manchester United game in its entirety on Saturday evening. Rashford is posting good numbers, but when you watch the game, I did not like his body language. I thought he was pretty off it and there was a couple of occasions it was one occasion near the start where he was chasing back himself and Regulon were kind of chasing back defend defending and Rashford just stopped still and had to go at Regulon when he really should have kept you know tracking the player that was the first sign that I seen there was a lot of you know Manchester United got the win but you know watching the game you know and scanning the pitch you know not just following the person who's on the ball scanning the pitch there was a lot of moaning at each other there was a, you know, it all doesn't seem well at Manchester United. So I got the Bruno points, very happy about that. But am I am I a happy Manchester United double midfield owner? Absolutely not. And I'm still very much open to losing Bruno or Rashford because of that. So I think if you can get from Rashford to Son, to me, I think it's a good transfer, even against Liverpool. Um, Tottenham are a, in, in a better position at the moment, you know, functioning, happy squads, happy players, whereas Rashford... Just something doesn't feel right at the moment with Rashford when I watch him. Decision-making in the final third is really poor. He looks quite frustrated. So until that improves, I don't mind selling him. I can't afford Rashford to Son, but if I could afford it this week, I think I'd be quite tempted. So I think you can make it in game week seven, even though Son has Liverpool. You get Son in, and honestly, I fancy Son to deliver against Liverpool. Um, He could easily outscore Rashford, even though Rashford has Crystal Palace. Palace are a pretty decent defensive side, especially with with Gahey back as well. You know, Johnson had a good performance at the weekend as well. So Palace could frustrate Manchester United this weekend, and it could be another difficult day at the office. So 
I think Son is a better pick than Rashford at the moment. Question from Marco Toikinen. Should I keep the faith in Sterling or look elsewhere for a midfielder? Or rather double up on Newcastle defenders by adding Cher or Burn for Gabriel? I can't afford Botman. So Sterling is a tricky one if you own him. He's he's probably got I think, five blanks in six games now if you take away the 19-pointer, I think it was. But then the temptation is fixtures because it's Fulham and Burnley next for Chelsea. It's two away games, but it's you know good fixtures on paper for attackers. In that scenario, basically the question is, do you sell Sterling or do you get a second Newcastle defender by selling Gabriel? And in that scenario, I would roll the transfer because... Gabriel has a good fixture against Bournemouth. So don't think you need to get a second Newcastle defender in that scenario. And Sterling has good fixtures. I know he's been frustrating, but he still looks decent. He still looks one of the most likely to be on the score sheet for Chelsea if they ever do score again. So I think that's a scenario where I would be rolling the transfer and keeping Sterling. Question from FPL Cricket. Should we sell Gusto ASAP? Or wait until next week for two free transfers. No obvious fires after a strong wildcard. Feel happy with my 11 with Gusto on the bench. Similar scenario here. I'm happy with my 11. Gusto on the bench. So I am leaning towards rolling a transfer this week. And then just dealing with Gusto later. Or just leaving him on the bench as a third sub. Because he's he's cheap enough to do that. So yeah. If you have Gusto. Sometimes you log into FPL, you see a red flag, you think you have to sell them right away. Stick them on your bench, first of all, and see what it looks like and see if you need to make a transfer. It's always nice to have two frees. I do it as often as I can. I'm going to try and do that again this week. Question from Vivek. Is Matoma now undroppable? I've had him all season and plan to transfer him to Mbumo this week, but the brace is making me rethink it, especially after the poor Brentford performance. Yeah. I think current information, if you have Matomi, you keep him. You're hoping that's his rest now, and he doesn't get one now for another wee while. And he showed, if he comes off the bench anyway, he can do a lot of damage. He's such a good player, and I think he's going to get a lot of FPL points this season. In Boomo, I still think he's a very good FPL pick as well. But on current information, would I be doing Matoma to Mbumo? I don't think so. Again, I'd probably rather roll my transfer. Question from Alex Ball. What are your wildcard plans? Alex has penciled in game week 10. And the logic still stands because we can load up on Tottenham and hold Chelsea and Manchester United before reviewing and then moving off them. But with popular wildcard players such as Salah and Trippier returning this game week, should we look to wildcard now? So the first thing I'll pick out of that is holding Chelsea players. That's something we probably shouldn't do on current information. Wildcard is cliche as always, team dependent, how you feel about it. A lot of wildcarders felt it was the right decision last week and it certainly looked logical for a lot of teams. If I didn't have two free transfers last week, I think there's a very good chance I would have pulled the trigger on the wildcards. I'm not looking at it this week because I had a good game week. The squad looks good. I've said it a few times, I'm... I like the second international break for the wildcard, so a game week nine wildcard rather than a game week ten. But at the moment, the way things are going, I feel like the wildcard might not even be needed. If I'm happy to run without Salah, which I might be for the long term, the transfers I make over the next few weeks will just be kind of towards what the game week nine wildcard squad would look like. So I might get to game week nine and I might think, you know what, I don't actually need to pull this wildcard yet. And I might keep it just until the end, whatever it is, game week 17, 18, 19. Because um, there is a couple of blanks to navigate around that point. I think Manchester City will have a blank game week around the new year and stuff. So that's in the back back of my mind as well. That maybe there's an advantage to be had for just keeping it for as long as possible. Um, so no plans to wildcard for me just yet. Uh, I think most likely it's either going to be 
for game week nine during that second international break where you've got two weeks to build a new team. If I don't play it in game week nine, I think there's a good chance I might keep it, you know, right up until towards the end, towards Christmas. I need to double check what game week that is, um, the last time we can play it. But yeah, so things are going okay. The squad looks pretty healthy to me. If I'm looking at rolling the transfer this week, that tells you that I'm probably not close to playing a wild card. But there's certainly strong arguments every week these days. You can play it, you can probably play it in any given week. I'm also just I'm always fearful of wild cards because we know what happens. We've seen it this week. A lot of wild carders, you know, didn't do well and the players they sold did well. And I'm always fearful. I've always had this thing in my mind where I would love one season to just burn a wild card, not even not use it at all, because then things can't go wrong. So I'm always quite reluctant to play the wild card for that reason because you buy players for a reason, you give them a week, couple of weeks to deliver. Um, so yeah, it takes a lot for me to press the button, which is why I haven't done it yet. And who knows, maybe this can be the season where I actually don't use it. Question from Scott. How do you best switch off and step back after six bad game weeks? I'm getting trounced in my mini league and overall, but I don't think my team is in bad shape. I need... Need to need to not rush any decisions, but also not sure that the content is helping me. A lot of people are in this scenario. A lot of top top managers are in this scenario this season. There's, it's an interesting season because there's so many good picks, which makes it quite swingy from week to week. So you know, I'm seeing some of the some of the managers that I rate, you know, in the top ten, top twenty in the world, from my experience of of being on FPL Twitter for you know almost ten years now. Some of them are three million and four million ranked. 4.5 million ranked so you're in good company if you've had a bad start to the season and you've got to remember it's only six game weeks of 38 you've got 32 to go that is a lot of game weeks and a lot of points and you know going back to Gianni this week you know you can go from 2.3 million to, to 200k in one game week so you know what can you do over 32 game weeks so don't panic but yes I think the important thing here is if you don't think the content is helping me, helping you, you know, if you're listening to a lot of podcasts, if you're reading a lot of stuff, if you're watching YouTube stuff, step back from that side of it. Give yourself headspace and honestly, just do something completely different. You know, find a new series on Netflix, pick up a book, you know, something totally different. Get out, maybe do more exercise than you have been doing. If you're spending, if you've been spending a lot of time for the first six game weeks, you know, researching FPL stats and stuff like that maybe use that time more productively in other areas of life but yeah certainly I know when you're in that scenario it doesn't it's very hard to shake off the negative feelings but just you've got to keep reminding yourself it's early days and things can change extremely quickly what I would say is don't try not to go on tilt so I think tilt is a poker term where you know if you've if you've got a you know a bad run of hands and then you end up start making bad decisions so you know, I've seen a few people last, you know, last couple of weeks would have mentioned to me, I've had a terrible start to the season. You know, should I start captaining players other than Haaland? That's a good example. Or you might want to take a lot of hits to try and fix things. You might wildcard when it's not the ideal time for your squad. Try not make emotional decisions. Don't let a bad start influence your decisions on transfers, on captains and on chips. Just try and get that one good game week first. Get that green arrow. And then you'll be back in a more positive mindset and that's when you'll start making good decisions again. You're probably making good decisions anyway, but you're just not getting rewarded. You've got to remember, this is a game where we don't have any control after the deadline passes. So your team can be great on a Friday night and it can score 20 points on Saturday and Sunday. And that is not nothing to do with you. 
that is just the nature of the game so we're trying to predict an unpredictable game so do not beat yourself up if you're not doing well On to captaincy transfers and the bus team for game week 7. Captaincy, short and sweet. Haaland plays Wolves, not going to overthink it. If you are someone who likes to go against them, Saka's got Bournemouth. And I'm sure some people will go Captain Morris against Everton and Burnley. But my recommendation is to stick with the Norwegian. Transfer thoughts, probably a roll, but it's always worth looking at the other options. I could get Botman, but when I look at my team, I've got Trippier, Gabriel, good fixture, and Bayer with a double game week. So that feels fine as a back three this week, especially when I've got a Stupinen as a bench option as well. I could go Gusto to Kabori, but then I'd have to bench Gabriel against Bournemouth, which I don't really want to do. Bruno or Rashford could go for any one of Foden, Bowen, Ward-Prowse, Mbumo or Diaby. But again, with a fixture at home to Crystal Palace, do I sell a Manchester United midfielder? Or do I back my transfer? I feel like it's. Go- <laughs> I'm going to get to game week 38. I'm still going to have Watkins. I'm still going to have Bruno. And I'm still going to have Rashford. I'll probably still have Johnston and Turner as well, the way things are going. Goalkeeper switch is an option. So if I sold Johnston this week, I've got 0.0 in the bank, so I can't upgrade. Has to be 4.5 million goalkeeper or less. So Johnston to Areola is an option. Uh, obviously, West Ham have a good fixture against Sheffield United. So that is slightly tempting. Flecken's been on my mind, but not so much after recent performances from him and the Brentford team. So if I did make a goalkeeper transfer, it's probably Johnson to Areola. But again, when I weigh it up, I probably value banking a transfer more highly. Game week seven bus team. The bus team is the team that you set in case you get hit by a bus during the week so that it still performs well when you're banged up in hospital. Turner in goal, Trippier, Gabriel and Bayer. Saka Madison, Bruno Rashford, Haaland captain, Alvarez and Ollie Watkins. On paper, team looks absolutely fine. On the bench, Johnston, Estupinen, Nakamba, who's got two fixtures but will not be getting near my starting 11, and Gusto, who is suspended. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. I hope you have a good week. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Give me a vote over the next few days when you see me tweeting about it. I won't be spamming you too much. Uh, I don't like spam like that, so I'll keep it to a minimum. So if you see it, please do give me a vote. And hopefully we can take home the gold medal from the awards. Best of luck for Game Week 7 rolls around. And I'll keep you posted on when the next episode will be. Podcast Network.